welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Welcome to episode number 116. This episode is actually a throwback episode that I hope you all enjoy. Um, I want to let you know that if you're interested in making that investment in yourself and in your future to become a certified widow coach, now would be a good time to reach out because we will be starting a new class on Friday, April 12th, which is coming up directly here. There are still a few places left in that class. I would love to hear from you. If we can jump on a call and get you going, we can do that. So here is an encore performance that was recorded about three years ago. It's got great information and content. I know all of you don't go back to the very beginning and listen through these in order. So I do want to start occasionally sharing a few encore performances, if we can call them that. And um, please enjoy it. Welcome back, listeners, and welcome to any of the readers of Widowed who have found their way here to my podcast. Are you ignoring the pain of loss and pushing it down, telling yourself, hey, I'm okay, I've got this. This is a definite trend in the sisterhood. We think we can just tie on our red cape and push forward. But all that bottled up emotional pain is going to push right back in ways you cannot even imagine. Emotional outbursts even years later, insidious depression that is slowly building and turning your life into black and white. Even a serious illness, especially a serious illness. Within a couple years, a high percentage of women who have experienced the loss of their spouse also get a devastating diagnosis. They find that instead of being able to process their grief, they're now in a fight for their own life. Do not give up on living and think you just need to be able to continue on. Continuing on, even in the best of circumstances, is not necessarily the same as thriving on life. I'm shocked at how hesitant some are to hiring help to help them rebuild their identity and their life compared to how responsive women are to the idea of hiring a weight loss coach. As a weight loss coach, I have many clients that come to me and they're more than ready to hire me to help them understand what it is that's driving them to overeat or why they sabotage themselves or why the dieting doesn't permanently work for them. Those who have experienced loss and are at an even more devastating place in their life 
needing someone to guide them through it and teach them how they can look inside themselves are hesitant to make that investment in themselves. Granted, both are a process of creating a new life and both can have 100% a positive impact on your health, losing weight or learning how to deal with your emotions through this. It, it just blows my mind when I realize how many years of our life we can lose to both. Lose to obsessing about our weight and dieting down and regaining. If you've ever struggled with weight issues, you know what I'm talking about. You never uncover the real issue that causes your weight to stay up and you waste decades of your life obsessing with it and struggling with it. It also blows my mind when I see women who have lost years of living because they think they can just push on with the fraying red cape tied onto their shoulders after losing their spouse. If you've fallen into this trap, don't despair and don't play the blame game with yourself. You can rebuild. You can take the time to do the work for self-evolution. You know, it's an amazing journey. If you take on self-awareness and remodeling your life in the best of circumstances, even more transformation if you do it from your place of emotional pain and turmoil because all the certainty of your life was pulled out from under you. You now actually have an opportunity to go deep into yourself and emerge to be the complete you and even make a difference in the world around you. Part of my journey is what I'm doing right now and it's just that. And it's working as a life coach and as an author. My book, Widowed, will indeed share with you much of what helped me transition through my own journey of self-exploration and working through the excruciating pain of losing my husband. But there's so much more to learn if you want to truly move out of deep pain and process all those feelings. Not just process them. I know it sounds like counseling babble if I talk about processing feelings. It's learning what the feelings really are and understanding why you feel what you're feeling and how to experience it without that deep emotional pain that freezes you in life. This is the first thing I do with my clients. Together, we dissect the feelings and get out of anguish so that you can begin to see that you can plan a new life for yourself, one that's all you. I know many of you listening right now, you are not in a place that you can even imagine that there could be a new life for you. You're not even a place where you think you could want that because you are in so much anguish with the feelings and the emotions of the grief. You're in such pain, you cannot see beyond the pain. Some of you may already be seeing beyond the pain or you've tied on your red cape and you are just mushing forward through life thinking you're just going to make it work as best as you can and you never imagined that you could instead of telling everybody I'm okay, I'm okay and telling yourself I'm okay, I'm okay, really feel okay 
and really pick your head up to see that your life does not have to be black and white. You can be living in full spectacular color again. You can. I see readers who are rushing into a new relationship. I've talked to several like this, desperate to find a new partner because they think this is the only answer to getting out of pain and loneliness and the terror of their own finances. Oh, it'll work, but it's not going to be a great relationship if it's based on those things. You're putting all your eggs into someone else's basket and you're expecting some other person to make you be happy and safe. No one can do that. Only you can make you be happy. You hear this all the time, right? But what does it really mean? Just how does that work exactly? Maybe you think other people make you happy all the time. Like, hey, when that person said this to me, it made me happy. It's not the other people. It's what you're thinking about what they say to you. It's what you make it mean to you. It's about what you think that they think of you. Yet you're not a mind reader. You can't know for certain. And if you can think that you know for certain because they tell you what they think, and is it true what they tell you? It is what you make it mean what they said that makes you happy. What you are thinking. You can choose to think badly about something someone said to you, or you could think of it as praise. And you will feel very differently depending on which way you choose to think about it. Children think that everything they feel is from something outside of themselves. This is what psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors refer to as emotional childhood. Now, I've told my clients that I've taught about this, that I really hate the term emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood, because it makes you think that you're just childish, which we all are in some ways. Really, emotional childhood is more like an emotional free-for-all, where emotional adulthood is really emotional self-care. And let me see if I can help break this down for you. Most of us as adults are still operating like children, thinking everything we feel is from something that's happened outside of us. And we were never told differently or learned differently. If you're still operating from a world where you truly believe all your emotions happen from outside of you, then you will react, lash out, or avoid your emotions instead of taking responsibility for how you're feeling. You can choose thoughts that will create more desirable and maybe even more appropriate emotions. That's taking responsibility for how you feel. When you stay stuck thinking your emotions happen from outside of you, you get locked into a space of blame. I see this every day. We blame the government. We blame the economy. We blame our bosses. We blame our family. We not only blame people for how we feel, we also will blame them for the actions we take and the results we get in our life. 
It's the fault of the government that I have this result in my life. The truth of reality is you can appreciate that you are the only one who can hurt your feelings and you do it with what you are thinking. You can begin to understand your own thinking and have a chance to stop placing the burden for your happiness and the blame for the sadness in your life into the hands of someone else. Wouldn't you rather take this into your own hands? Then you can choose how you want to act and the results in your life. Instead of acting like a child out of control, you can feel your feelings without having to lash out, distract, compensate with eating, drinking, shopping, however it is you shut down. When you get to a clean place with your emotions, you can then take the kind of actions that will produce the results you really want to see in your life. Why would you want to be counting on someone else to make you happy? What happens when they're not there? What happens if they don't want to put in the time and energy to constantly contribute to your happiness? That's tiring. When the truth is, they can't make you happy. No matter what they do, if you're not thinking the thoughts about them that's going to make you happy, they can't make you happy. This also means if you really do want another partner to share your life with, and some of you are there, some of you have gotten to that point where you're ready to form a relationship with someone. If you form a relationship based on much more than what you think you can emotionally get out of it, you're going to have a great relationship. And you're going to be far more attractive as a partner because you will be giving and sharing life. You can let them act exactly how they want to act. And you get to act exactly as you want to act without anyone trying to manipulate the other. This can be very hard to understand. Just listening to it on a podcast instead of having me working one-on-one with you to help you look at your emotions and your thoughts and how they work in your life. It's a big part of what I do. Let me try to share an exercise with you to try to make it a little clearer for you how you are responsible for your own feelings. Okay, if you can think of a person or a circumstance that you believe is causing a negative feeling, Okay, maybe a friend has said something mean to you. Then write down how that's making you feel. How is that person making you feel? And I mean, really, you can pause this podcast, get yourself a piece of paper out. This is just like you have hired me as your coach and I've given you the worksheet. You're going to write down the name of a person who you think has caused you to feel badly recently, okay? And then describe how they make you feel. Next, tell me why you think they have the power to create your feelings this way. And, you know, you may be... Absolutely, you think you can describe how they have that power. That person was very factual about this. They said something, you know, 
making you feel like maybe you were worthless, not good enough because you couldn't provide for yourself. And you think, well, they have the power to make me feel this way because they're very successful. They're very secure in their life. Describe why you think they have the power to create your feelings in the way that you just described how they make you feel. What is the thought that you're thinking about what they said to you or did to you that's making you feel how you're feeling? What did you think about it? And when you can write down what you thought at the time that they said or did something to you or what you even think about it right now, can you see it's thinking that thought that's making you feel the way you said you're feeling? It's not the person. It's what you're thinking. How might you be able to take responsibility for how you feel about it moving forward. Can you guess? Have you caught on yet? Right. You can't change what they said or did to you. And you can't change them. But you can change how you look at it. You can change how you think about it. As a coach... I've taught this over and over, and I've talked about it probably more primarily on my Weight Coach podcast. You can't go directly to rainbows and ponies thoughts, okay? Doing affirmations is a really cool thing. We all got into it in the 1980s. I did. But your brain recognizes a lie. <laughs> if your brain doesn't believe this absolutely lollipops and roses thought that, that you've decided you're going to think instead, it's not going to do any good. But you need to find a thought that you can believe that's comfortable, that takes you away from how you're feeling. Okay, I had a client once. I was not coaching her as a widow. I was not coaching her on her weight. I was just coaching her. And I will use her as an example. The person that caused her to feel badly was her ex-husband had said to her that he could replace her for 35000 a year because that's all she made. Yeah, you're replaceable for 35000 a year. How does that make a woman feel to have her husband say that to her? He was her ex at the time. I counseled her, but when he said it to her, they were married. And he would tell her all the time, you could be replaced for 35000 a year. Made her feel really worthless. She just wasn't good enough to be with him. And when I asked her why she thought he had the power to make her feel that way, she said because he was factual, he's very successful, he's made a lot of money, and he only values what I can make, and I don't make very much. I only make 35000 a year. And I asked her, what, what do you think that makes you feel so worthless, that you're not good enough to be with him. And she said, 
I'm not making six figures. She could immediately see that it wasn't really what he said to her. It was how she thought about it immediately at the time. Was that she was she felt worthless because she thought I'm not making more than a hundred thousand a year and I should be. You know, that was the actual thought that she thought she should be making more than a hundred thousand a year to be his wife. That everything else she brought to the relationship didn't matter. And when she finally realized that it was not what he said to her, but what she was making it mean that had her in such anguish, she was able to think the thought that she's been a wonderful wife and you can't put a price tag on love. It gave her the confidence to actually get herself out of a pretty bad marriage I don't recommend everybody do that when I coach them on relationships. The point is to heal the relationship. But for her, the marriage fell apart before she even had a chance to work her way through all of this. So that's just one example of how she was thinking what he said was making her feel so worthless when really it was what she made it mean. She made it mean that to be a good wife, she needed to make over 100000 a year. And when she actually wrote that down on paper and looked at it, she realized how ridiculous that was. That that's not what makes a terrific wife. When you cannot operate from a place of emotional self-care, where you can look back and identify what it is that you've been thinking that's making you feel so awful, and even recognize the thought as being completely untrue, just like she did when she realized how untrue that thought was that she needed to be making more than 100000 a year to be a good wife. When you can operate from emotional adulthood, and understand your own emotions, you can move yourself forward in life. We still will fall back into that place of emotional childhood. We do it all the time. We Even after you've been educated about this, you will still find yourself falling back into it. And what kind of behaviors do we do when we are in a place of blaming someone else for how we feel? And trying to change that, eating a lot of sweets to feel better. Does that ring any bells with anybody? Throwing tantrums, wanting immediate gratification, rebelling against the very things you want. I see that all the time in my weight loss coaching where the thing that this person most wants in the whole world is to lose some of the weight. But after a while, she starts rebelling right against herself. It's like, why don't I get to eat what everybody else gets to eat? This little rebel comes out and it's rebelling against the very thing you want. We fall into the trap of take care of me. 
wanting to give someone else the job of taking care of you when it's your job to take care of you. Make me happy. Again, trying to give someone else the job of making you feel good. Staying disconnected from yourself. Checking out. We do it. A lot of us do it with food. If we have eating issues, weight issues, we're checking out a lot of the time. Because during that moment that you're eating something, you don't have to think about how it is you feel. Some people check out by drinking. Some people check out by shopping. You go shopping, you find something you love, you buy it. It makes you feel good for about 10 minutes. If you're thinking this is not fair, you're in a place of emotional childhood. This is not fair. If you exaggerate small events into huge drama in your mind, you're building it up. It's emotional childhood. You may do one of these things. You may do all of these things. You might want to think about what kind of things do you do when you are acting out of emotional childhood, when you're making it be the fault of someone else or something else outside of you. Don't bang your head against the wall of it's not fair. It's a waste of time. You can begin exploring this concept in your own life. You can write down the examples of when you think you are acting like an emotional child. Ask yourself where you're placing the blame in your life. More importantly, start learning how to take a look at what you're thinking when you're feeling a certain way, when you're feeling badly. When we've lost our spouse, one of the most common traps is guilt. And we mistake that pain for grief. And it's not grief, it's guilt. You might reflect back on something you said to your spouse a week before they died that was maybe unkind and feel horrible. And that looms over you all the time. Like, oh God, why did I say that? That's not grief. That's feeling guilty for something in the past that you cannot change. And it may not have even been as bad as you think. A lot of guilt comes from a place of absolute love. How crazy is that? When we look back and we analyze everything we did that led up to their death and we question it. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? Did I love them enough? Did I tell them enough I loved them? When they were in the hospital, did I do everything right to make sure they were getting the best care? And we play those scenarios over and over and over in our head and we feel guilty. Like, what if I had only done this? What if I had only done that? That's not grief. That's guilt and it's pain. And at that point, what needs to be understood is the only reason that you keep going back over and over it and analyzing it and feeling guilty is because you loved them so much. You want badly for everything to have been perfect for them. Right? Look at your thoughts. Write them down. Most importantly, 
Invest in yourself. Do it. Because if you don't, if you let the financial fear of widowhood stop you from actually taking care of yourself, you're going to be living a black and white miserable life because you're not pulling yourself up out of this. And I know the financial fear of widowhood. We all experience it. No matter how poorly off we really are or how well off we are, everybody scrambles. Everyone becomes terrified of every penny they spend. They, they don't, maybe you don't understand your own finances because your husband took care of all that. You have no idea what financial condition you're in. Go find out. Don't try to put your head in the sand because that only makes it worse. Maybe there is a financial planner you can reach out to to talk to just to help you get a grip on that situation. For me, I was terrified. And especially I had no income coming in at all when Jim died. So I was afraid to spend a dime. But I didn't find my way out of this mess until I did invest in myself. That's what made a difference. And it started in small ways. It started in allowing myself to buy a lipstick. Seriously. I was afraid to even buy a lipstick at one point because I had no idea how I was going to handle what money I had and how I was going to make more money. Don't get caught up in that vicious circle. You have to take care of yourself. There is so much more to learn. There is so much more I want to give to all of you. And it's hard on this podcast because what I would give to a widow whose husband died two months ago, three months ago, six months ago is very different than what I would give to those whose husband died two years ago, three years ago. You're, you're kind of in different places. One isn't better than the other. Many, many, many of you are stuck years out from your husband's death, but you're still tying on that frayed red cape every morning to get yourself out of bed instead of leaping up out of bed excited about what life can bring you. That's what I want for you. I want you excited about life again. For those who are newly wit widowed, I just want you to be able to find your way past the pain. The pain doesn't always entirely go away. I don't want to say always the pain, really. You know, the, the grief. I should say the grief because grief doesn't have to be so damn painful. And it doesn't ever completely go away. You're always going to love them. You're always going to need to move through this. But you don't have to do it in such excruciating pain. I just wanted to add a little piece on the end here to let you know if you would like to reach out to me, you can reach me at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. And that is J-O-A-N-N -N at joannethelifecoach.com. Thank you so much for listening. Go out and find some joy this week. Mm -hmm.